We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. Hey, welcome to the show. I am your host, Peter Herter, for another exciting episode of Babylon Singularity. Today, we're going to dive into Genesis chapter 11. This is a big chapter uh, for me in my development of kind of understanding the times, understanding what drives the human race. So, um, I just wanted to spend some time in, in the Word today with you, um, fellowshipping together in God's truth and just doing it by His Spirit. So um, before I get into this, I'll go ahead and pray. Father, we ask you for your mercy and your grace to prevail in our lives. God, we ask you for the cleansing blood of Jesus to wash us from every sin, God, every sin. We ask you, Father, for the inpouring of your spirit that you give freely because you bled freely. The blood that you shed is, a, is enough for us, and we trust in the blood of Jesus. We put our hope in the blood of Jesus, and we plead the blood of Jesus um, over our souls, over our spirits, over this podcast, over those who listen and are um, connecting to you even now, God, that your spirit would reach into their lives and bring your word, um, stand forth, God, from your word and, and stand forth from your world and give us eyes to see you because we can't see you. We're, we're so um, blinded by our own ambitions and, and pride and dreams for our lives that we, we, we can't see the forest from the trees. And we're asking for illumination in your word today that you would, that you would make this podcast your own, God, that you would claim it. I give it to you even now. Father, in the name of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, I just ask you to fill me and speak through me the things that you have in your heart, because that is what we want, God. We want an encounter with you. We want to see your face, and we want to let your word resound in our spirits. We want to be attuned to you, to your heart, to your will. God, we ask you for your Spirit's presence here. Open your word to us. There's nothing more glorious than your word, God. And we just ask you to open it to us, change us, plant seeds in us. And listeners, I ask for the seed of the word of God to go out and land into listeners' hearts and bear fruit, God. I'm asking for fruit uh, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. I'm asking for listeners who are engaged with you to be activated by your Spirit, God, by the working of your Word, your truth in their lives, God, the, not just rejoicing in the truth, but acting on it and following through with it. Lord, that is how the seed bears fruit. It isn't just by the initial reception, but in the follow-through and the faithfulness to your light. And we ask you for that faithfulness. God, give us that grace to be faithful to you. 
Jesus, we love you. So yeah, uh, Genesis chapter 11, go ahead and jump in your Bibles, hop there now. There's a couple other chapters I probably could have addressed. Um, could have talked about Noah a little bit. Uh, could have talked about uh, the days of Noah quite a bit. But I think a lot of people have done a lot of good work there. And so um, I'm, I'm happy to kind of fast forward for now to a couple of the peaks um, that I'm going to be highlighting in the Word of God. Um, there's the, the Word of God is, is, uh, is an amazing landscape of peaks and valleys of despair and joy and, um, and, a, and a glorious God that, that stands over it all. But in my mind, there's a few peaks in, in Scripture that if you really can get a hold of, will help to um, form a larger worldview of God's word, the landscape of God's word, and then and then the how our reality is born in God's uh, word. Um, so I'm just trying to give you guys maybe just a couple of, of highlights through uh, the Bible here. Um, later on, you know, I'm going to jump into Joshua seven and eight. I think that's a I think that's an important one. And then after that, um, boy, you know, I haven't much thought what what goes after that. But probably just kind of a walk through some of the 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 high the the high peaks of the Word of God, um, and and take a look at what God says about about a few particular key aspects. So so uh, last episode, we talked a little bit about the original lie, the original sin, where um, Satan tempts Adam and Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. And opens their eyes to a, a whole nother level of cognition. So they're able to see things differently. They understand things differently. Their eyes are opened and they begin to understand good and evil the way God does. And Satan achieves this for his goal of being a master over Adam. He wants to be a, a, a tyrannical controlling vengeful god he wants to be he wants to be the god of your nightmares that is what satan wants to be and to do and when we partook of the forbidden fruit and opened this another level of cognition we effectively came under and it was under a, a dark god like that that We've all lived, um, unless you were born again at, a, at an early age, we have all lived with that dark God in our lives. Even I, as an atheist, remember, you know, scorning the idea of God. But looking back on it, I was under the power of a dark God that kept me deceived and evil and chasing my own, you know, desires, um, and it was a it, it was it was a God that I was experiencing. It just wasn't the God of the Bible. And I think if people really stood and thought about their lives for a moment, even no matter how atheist they are, they would under they would understand that they're under power of a God. I mean, it's kind of like Elon Musk saying that he believes we live in a simulation. Here's a guy who says, "Oh, there's no God. I've never prayed a single time in my life." Yet, 
everything we experience is a simulation or somehow programmed from some other dimension or whatever it is. Well, it sounds like you're under the power of a god there to me. You know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But uh, that definitely sounds like deceptive, dark power of an evil god directing their way, right? So that no matter how atheist and godless they are, they're still under the power of this one who gained entry into our world, into our lives, through this forbidden fruit that now affects all of creation, affects all of mankind. And it's it's odd. I didn't want to draw too many connections, and I don't want to draw too many connections to what I'm one of talking about uh, uh, the Word of God and, and, and what the Word of God means, I don't want to overly manipulate the text. I want the text to speak for itself as much as I can. I'm biased, and I'm probably going to think of things in a little bit of a different way, but I, I want to be uh, sound and sturdy and authoritative in the Word of God at, at the end of the day. And so, when I'm telling these stories, I'm going to let you make the connections, because the connections, I think, are so simple, they're so available, that if I just tell you the story from the Bible, you can make the connections yourself, and I don't even have to really argue my point, because you'll be agreeing with the Word of God, and seeing things, in, in maybe in some new light. So, this God... <sighs> of the dark, the darkness, the one from the abyss, um, gains entry into the world, dominates Adam as his slavish God, his tyrant God. And every once in a while in history, you see just glimpses of the true tyranny that Satan has in his, in his heart and his mind. And that ultimately is where it will go. Ultimately, it's where it will go. It ends in tyranny every time because that's, that's what the devil is. He's a tyrant. He is a tyrant. He wants to rule. He wants to oppress. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He is a tyrant. And then on the other side, you have Jesus. There is no one like Jesus. If you know him, you know what I mean. If you don't know him, you need to know him because you are under the power of a dark God. Whether you believe it or not, whether you believe it, whether you're an atheist, agnostic, pantheistic, whatever, whatever, QBX dash Y, whatever, if you don't know him, you're under the power of a dark God. But there is a light available to anyone who loves it. And if you see light, if you hear light, if you experience light and you say, oh man, I love that, then come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Prodigals, those who are living far from him, the time has come. The time is now. Turn to him. Turn to him. Turn to him. 
So that's just basically a little update of uh, last episode. Um, that's just a brief um, review of what we were into uh, last episode in uh, Genesis chapter 11. Now, moving forward to Genesis uh, chapter 11. I don't know what I just said. Uh, we were in Genesis 3 last week. We are now in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. Verse 1, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people, they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, they left off building the city, therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. We've all heard this story uh, many times. We've been told this story even as children. I was just actually in in uh, Israel for a, a trip with my wife, and I was walking through one of the uh, kind of Christian bookstores that they have there, which is, you know, they're Messianic Jews. And so, um, you know, they're fantastic, fantastic places and shops and wonderful, wonderful place, wonderful believers. I'm so glad and happy I went and connected with such great uh, souls and people. And that was really a special time. And so I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. But as I was walking through this bookstore, I see a, a children's book about the Tower of Babel. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good, you know. So you know, it's like one of those stories you tell, you know, a two year old, maybe a three year old, you know, about that level. So I get in there and I'm I'm reading about Tower of Babel, and I'm like, oh, I'm wondering what it is that God's going to punish them for, because I'm just always curious what people say. Why are they getting punished? Well, I get to the part where God comes down, and He wants to punish them. It's because they're being mean to each other. They started being mean to each other. So the story was about, oh, people being mean and then God coming and punishing them. At first glance, the story is a little strange because you were wondering, like, what's the deal? Okay, they, they, they make a tower and God doesn't like it, but he doesn't really punish him that badly. So what is the point of this strange, strange story? Should we not be building, you know, tall buildings? That doesn't seem right. Can't be about that. So 
One of the key things to understand about Babel is to understand its name. I think oftentimes you we hear that the 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 name Babel relates mostly to this idea of babbling tongues or confusion, which that fits too. But if you break down the word Babel, it, it in the original language has nothing to do with babbling. It's made up of two root words, bab and l, and those two words mean gateway or gate or doorway of God or of the gods. It wasn't a way to get God. It was a way to get gods, plural. So anytime you're dealing with gods, you can be pretty sure you're dealing with demons. And so what these builders of Babel did is they decided they wanted to make a Babel. They wanted to make a gateway of the gods. Strange thing to dream up, a strange thing to imagine, like, hey guys, what should we build today? I don't know. Let's build a, a gateway of the gods. Hmm. Okay, how do you think we should do that? My uh, boys have been thinking about it. We think we should build a big tower up into the clouds. You see those clouds up there? See how shiny they are and golden? Where do you think the gods live? They live up there in those shiny clouds. Yeah. What good does that do us? What if we took, you know, these shiny bricks we've been making, we just discovered how to make them out of bitumen and bake them. I mean, it's the cutting edge technological wonder of the day. They're called bricks. They're pretty cool. Yeah, man. Those are pretty cool bricks. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, with these bricks, we can build a tower that goes all the way up into the clouds. And once we get up into the clouds, we're going to stand there when those gods show up and we see them. I hope it's not too freaky, but we're going to stand up there and we're going to say, yep, we belong up here too. This is our house. Yep. Then there won't be anything those gods can do about it because we're going to live there with them. And and, uh, and so we're going to build a gateway. But on top, we should probably make some sort of a temple thing where you you know actually get on your knees and bow down to whatever god thing you think it is. Because, you know, god's like that. So... But um, but still, we're going to be up there, and it's still going to be cool. So we will be will be oppressed, and it'll actually be a, a total tyranny. Um, but we're going to be up there, and we're going to be able to say, "Yep, we got in the clouds, and uh, nobody can forget about this." So that's the plan. That's what we're going to do today. I mean, we could build a library, we could build a museum, we could build uh, I, I don't know a, a congress, whatever. We could build all sorts of things. You guys want to build a gateway of the gods? Definitely, dude. Need to do a gateway of the gods. Number one, first thing. Otherwise, you know, who knows what's going to happen if we don't do that. 
All right, guys. Well, if you say so, that's what we're going to do. So that's what they did. They got together and took their bricks because they could build houses with bricks. And they're like, well, if we can build a house and we can build a bigger house and a bigger house and then a bigger house after that and then a bigger house after that. And then once we get to 7,500 big houses, we'll actually be up in the clouds, right? And so that was the big, this is, that's the big thing. It wasn't, you know, in our day, you know, we talk about, you know, whatever it is, super intelligence, getting to that. Wow, that's going to be amazing, right? Well, back in their day, totally different, has nothing to do with it. Um, they wanted to, to build a, um, a big tower and live up with the gods. So that's, that's, what they, that's what they did. And while they're working on this, now, now remember, the human race is all one language. And so when the human race can communicate without any barriers, things get weird quick. Why? Because humans are very jacked up beings. And you put them together in a room and connect them all together, Bad things happen perpetually forever. And why? Because the dark god that rules over them wants to destroy them, not just in this life, but forever. That's his big plan. Those who are under his power are following that plan. And you don't want to follow that plan, people, because it might seem like a good idea at first, and there might be a few perks here and there. But those perks are leaving and going to leave. The curve at the, at the very you know, bottom of this thing is steep. And so once you kind of come to the edge, then you boom, you fall off. But those perks are going to disappear over time in a very short period of time. You, you might have a good time for I don't even know how long before you really start having a bad time. You do not want to walk down this path with them. I'm telling you, you don't want to. It doesn't end well, and it doesn't even go well while it's ending badly. So there's really no reason to follow darkness. There's every reason to follow Jesus. But these guys decide they're going to go the dark route, right? They want, they're, they're like, you know what? You know, we're, we're like once or twice removed from Noah that we barely escaped with our lives, and here we are. Whatever I don't even know how many gen I can I don't know the generations between this and that or whatever but not the basically you read about Noah's flood and then you read about Tower of Babel there isn't a whole lot going on in between that those two places so pretty much right off the bat we get to the Tower of Babel where they decide to build a Babel right they a Bab L a gateway of the gods so here they are building it going to take their place up in the clouds their name will never be forgotten. And God looks down. He has to get down. Like God is like, wait, hey God, oh, man. <laughs> it's like he can't see from where he is. He's like, I can't see them down. Where, oh, uh, they're like, and God's like, don't make me come down there. <laughs> Do not make me come down there. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? We're gonna, we got to go down there. So they, they're going down there, and they're... they're it's it's a it's a fascinating text because God's like explaining like hey, this is what I'm seeing and this is what I'm thinking and it's just an amazing amazing glimpse into the mind of God. It really it really truly is. God God looks at them and he says he says a couple of things. He says well he says number one he says, you know what these people they all speak the same language. They their evil intentions. Um, just continue, c- 
continually exponentially increase upon each other and it just ends up in a huge mess very quickly i just flooded the earth people i just washed every single human being away with water i left like six of them i left six of them everyone else was wiped away and here I am looking at you guys taking bricks and building up into the clouds because you want to join with the gods. Do you understand what happens when the gods are unleashed in our realm? It's not good. It's called needing to flood the earth completely and wash everyone away but here god is he looks down he says there's they're all speaking one language and they're just getting evil super evil right off the bat and he says he says he basically says uh, you know he says if i don't intervene if i don't go in there like let's just play out the scenario just for a minute he says okay all right if I don't intervene, if I just kind of let this thing play out, he says, this is only the beginning of what they will do. He says, if I just let it play out, they're going to build their little stone temple up into the clouds, and they're going to get up there, and they're going to get bored of lame temple rituals, whatever thing that they got have in their minds, and they're going to come back down, they're going to go, you know what? That Babel, that gateway of the gods doesn't really work. But what would happen is on top of that temple, eventually human sacrifice would be going on. And that would be the best way for the, the, the dark gods to enter into the human realm is through grave, horrible sin. And to take human beings and sacrifice them to truly do it not and 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 God is fully justified in everything he does absolutely but for in the the Abraham Isaac story is a holy holy demonstration of the father's love for Jesus Christ for you to crush him on the cross the way he did for your sin and for your salvation so that you could live forever he took Abraham and Isaac and sent them up a mountain and said, okay, Abraham, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put the boy on the altar. And Basically, he said, I want you to sacrifice him to me, Abraham. And Abraham knew exactly what God was, was, was at. And he's like, God wants me to sacrifice my precious, beloved, only son. And he does it. He's willing to do it. That is a far cry from what's happening in a demonically filled, pagan, idolatrous temple where human beings are being slaughtered. Abraham and Isaac and the works of wicked kings like Manasseh are the two opposite ends of the spectrum. And beyond the willingness of Abraham to give his only precious son Isaac, 
foreshadowed the even greater measures God the Father took in his own heart, in his own being, to give of himself his most precious son, so that someone could bleed blood worthy to wash away your sins. That is the story of Abraham and Isaac. And so when I talk about if God would allow the tower to continue, they would build their temple, they would build it into the clouds, they would sacrifice human beings, but eventually they would try again and again and again to do what? To build a gateway of the gods. Back in those days, you had to use the technology you had available to you, and they did. And so what they could do was very limited. Of course, the, the population of Earth was very limited. Everything was very limited. But now as we approach the very end, those limits are being taken off. The technology that we use today isn't building bricks made out of mortar and mud or whatever it is. We've built something so far beyond that, so far beyond the dreams of anyone in those days that they couldn't even begin to imagine the times that we live in now. And yet we live in them and we try to pretend like it's normal. It's not normal in lots of ways. You see, they were building a temple. They were building a tower into the sky to be a gate of God, to open up what was behind the veil of the scene and to be, take their part, take their place among the gods. And a lot of that you can see happening today. It's, it's, the, it's the very idea underlying the technological singularity. This idea that we can use our technology to enjoy God-like power. And that promise is the very same promise we saw in Genesis chapter 3. Eat of the fruit and your eyes will be open. You'll be wise like God. But you'll also come under the power of a dark tyrant. And on the other side, we have Jesus coming down, looking at the Tower of Babel, saying, this is only the beginning of what they will do. If we don't stop them, they're going to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying until they destroy themselves, and then we're going to be flooding this place again. And we said we wouldn't do it. It's probably, he's probably said he wouldn't do it. I don't want to conjecture. This was only the beginning of what they would do. They would try again. They would try again, trying to build the thing that they have in mind, which is a gate of God. And he says, then he says another thing, and this is the one that is very startling. He says, anything that they imagine, they will be, hold on, I don't want, I want to get, I want to get the wording right. Uh, 
So I don't I don't want to I don't want to be guilty of getting this wrong right here. He says nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. In other other translations it says anything they imagine will become possible to them, which is the very same idea of what I, I just read there that anything that they propose to do. So if they can propose it, they can do it. If they can imagine it, it will be possible. So God says, if I don't stop this, if I don't intervene, they're going to keep trying. They're going to repeat over and over again until they accomplish what they're trying to do. And Anything that they propose to do will be possible to them. Anything that they imagine will become possible to them. They won't just keep trying. They will improve their methods. So right now it's bricks, but then they're going to try the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until finally they figure out how to build a gateway of the gods. Well... I have a feeling that now that the human race is once again coming together with one language, one ideology, this oneness of the world, we are entering in a Genesis 11 moment where the nations of the earth who have adopted this oneness, this one way of thinking, They will build a gateway of the gods. And this time, God will allow them to succeed. God will allow humanity to eat the fruit of its own hands. And it's described in Revelation. This moment where a world comes together in one language with one desire and anything becomes possible to them. We're getting close to that time. Much closer than I would have anticipated I, it seemed like we had a lot of time there for a while. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like we didn't. And now I'm pretty much locked in to the reality that it's close and getting closer. It's very important for you to be ready to meet Jesus. He could take you today. He could take you 100 years from now. He could take you in the rapture. He could do it any way he wants. But you need to be ready. And so I want to I want to encourage you to turn your hearts to Jesus right now and recommit fully to him cuz you can make that commitment any moment. You can commit your heart again like, "Oh, well, I already made that commitment once." Oh, you did once. You should make that commitment every day you wake up up. God, I commit to follow you. I've followed other things. I'm an idiot. I'm 
wicked. I love evil in lots of ways, but I want to follow you 100%. Your blood is enough to save me thoroughly all the way to the end. There is no one like you. That is a prayer you pray every day. That's not something you did in a Billy Graham conference once. It's great if you did it at a Billy Graham and you know Jesus and the sweetness of that first day of knowing him stands out in your mind. Absolutely. It's like a honeymoon. Absolutely. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the lukewarm. Not even the, You're not even lukewarm. You're cold. But you know what? It's better to be cold than lukewarm. So if you're lukewarm... You better wake up quick. But if you're cold, you still need to wake up quick. But you're in a better, better shape than those who are lukewarm. Shake off whatever the thing it is that you're chasing. Whatever the thing it is that you think you want. Shake it off. You don't want it. It's killing you. You, you can see it killing you and those around you. You can turn your heart right now to Jesus. And just cry out to him. Cry out to him to save you. Jesus, we do cry out. God, save us from our sins. Save us from what we are prone to do, God. Save us from ourselves, God. There's no one like you. We certainly aren't like you. We'd be hopeless if we were. But we have great hope in this Savior great hope forever forever and so I, I again urge you commit your life 100% to Jesus follow him and ask him what your role is ask him God what, 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 what can I do what can I do obey get in a church I don't know if I get, get in a group of believers how about that get in a group of believers that believe the word of God Get in a group of believers that believe in the word of God. And, and one will obey it. One will obey it. Um, anyway, enough preaching from me. Genesis chapter 11. God confuses the languages. He basically says, I have to break up this unity. I have to break up this one world global mind that everybody has. And the only way I can do that is if nobody's speaking the same language. So I'm going to go ahead and confuse the languages so you guys can't continue to do this thing that you have in your minds, this one global agenda that you have to build a gateway of the gods. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to break it apart. I'm going to frustrate it. I'm going to break up your ability to communicate with each other. And everybody basically goes home and moves on with their lives. And God basically push, pushes the pause button on this reality it says not yet. It's not going to happen yet. We got we've got some things to do here. We can't let humanity's not going to mess it up right now. We're going to just change everybody's languages. We're going to pretend this whole thing didn't happen, and we'll look forward to it happening again. But I digress. This is Babylon Singularity. I am your host, Peter Herder. Wishing you a peaceful and joyful walk with Jesus.
That concludes this episode of Babylon Singularity. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're looking to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter as well as my website, BabylonSingularity.com. I've also authored a book titled Babylon, available on Amazon. I look forward to hearing any thoughts or feedback, comments that you may have to help me make this show better. I do hope it's a blessing to you, and I hope that you'll tune in next time to Babylon Singularity.